0: Hey, guys, if you're listening to this, write in. Our our email account is?
1: Kidsinthepod at gmail.com. And okay, you can also so we'll... get to us on Twitter and Instagram at kidsinthepod. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and rate, rate, review us on iTunes, too.
0: Oh, we never said if that before. Like if you like it. If you don't like it, please give it to yourself. <laughs>
1: All right, welcome to not the only kids in the hall podcast. The podcast where we talk about of those kids in the hall. Uh, we, being me, Nick, and uh, the co our co hosts, May and Jared. Hey guys, how you
2: doing? <laughs> We're doing great. Did you just refer and to you're... yourself
0: as R? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, the show as in.
0: Oh, I, see.
1: I think yeah. I thought you I did guess. a great job, Nick. I thought great that was job, a great Nick. Intro. Oh, thanks, Jared. Top to bottom. <laughs> um, uh, and our... Guest today is uh, a writer from UCB and various television game shows, Aaron Fenton. Thank you for joining us, Aaron.
3: Thank you for having me. Uh, wow. Yeah, you don't, I, <laughs> <laughs>
4: you, you don't have to like give a speech. Go right. ahead. I go have, ahead. We're expecting a, <laughs> at least 5 minutes of good material.
3: I mean, this yeah, I just realized thousands of dollars of improv <laughs> training I really have nothing for you. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah. So we know you from UCB Theater. Right. Uh, so you you were on mo- several mod teams at UCB, right? The house sketch teams.
3: Yeah, I was uh, actually only on one. The Foundation lived for four years, and we were made wow. a weekend's team.
2: That's at right. the very That's end, right. we wow. gave
3: one weekend show, <laughs> and then. Uh, a virus Uh
0: escaped right uh, you're talking uh, about covid right not a different virus
4: (laughs) (laughs) it was a foundation exclusive virus i assume you mean (laughs) and then covid Uh, happened
1: (laughs) (laughs) so did you guys i mean i think you guys still perform together at least uh write sketches together and put on shows online do do you do live shows
3: We've done, we do live shows. We're very bookable. Um, we've also done video sketches online. Um, yeah. Uh, you so start- do you,
1: you guys are kind of like a real team now, a real sketch <laughs> team. I feel like most teams that are put together used to be are just kind of people thrown together that don't necessarily fit together. But do you guys have, do you feel like you guys have your own kind of comedic style now?
3: Um, yes. I, I think it's, it's really exciting and remarkable to work with the same uh, people for four years and see how everybody changes, um, how people get different interests in uh, the kinds of sketches they like to write and the kind of things they are best at performing. I've seen my co-writers, uh, finds new ideas, new missions, um, abandoned old ones that didn't work so well. Um, yeah, evolution of us as a group has been really,
4: can you think cool. of an example of like a kind of sketch that someone would write and then, or wouldn't write, and then they would write that kind of sketch. Cause it's funny to hear you say that I'm thinking like, have I? Evolved or <laughs> never evolved? <laughs> Stayed in one place the entire time.
3: We all have to decide for you. Uh, yeah. Now. <laughs> uh, yeah, what is a good example? Um, I think when I started, I was more interested in pop culture and parody. And uh, mm. the longer I've gone, the weirder I've gotten. Uh, we've also just, to uh, we are talking kids in the hall. So we had some writers that used to be much more meta and referential Mm. and uh over time they've gotten better at uh catering to those impulses with adding more of a human and emotional side
4: totally that's Mm -hmm. a common theme on this pod i feel like of like you know ucb being so obsessed with game and structure and following rules and then kids in the hall kind of being obsessed with the opposite of that i feel like Mm -hmm. we've all sort of embraced that side of it like wait a minute yeah like we can kind of just write whatever the hell we want without people, uh, you know, being in charge.
3: Well, I feel like here's where I tell you that this is my first ever episode of Kids in the Hall. That's uh, great. Okay. That's, me. Oh, that's <laughs> but, how I started. Yeah. and
0: perspectives. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I've seen. Oh, that's <laughs> how I started. But Aaron, I do have a question. I know you're not really a huge fan of Kids in the Hall necessarily, but do you have any like sketch teams or shows or anything that you thought of when you were kind of getting started in your sketch career? Like what was your inspiration if you had one?
3: Um, I think when I was coming up um, it was a fun time for sketch comedy because uh, Inside Amy Schumer was on, Key and Peele was on and those were some just incredibly polished exciting sketch shows where you're sort of seeing the best version of a lot uh, Mm. of what a sketch can be. Uh, So I don't know if they were influential as much as they were inspirational. I think uh, I don't come from comedy. I wasn't one of those kids who watched SNL. Uh, I wanted to be a poet, actually, and that was what I was aiming for right up till I took my first UCB class. I'd say, though, my comedic sensibilities were probably shaped by just the weird corners of the Internet more than they were by an organized sketch group. Like. I don't know. Just a lot of a lot of mainstays that everyone knows, like uh, old Greg or uh, the
1: Oh Mighty Boosh.
3: Yeah. Really, I never access any other part of the Mighty Boosh. Just old <laughs> Greg. Uh, <laughs> then there was like uh, the end of the world animated sketch, uh, where it's. Uh, do I do know
4: that one. Yeah, what is that?
3: Oh, oh, you probably do. It's sort of it's called like the end of the world, um, and it's a little cartoon about the end of the world and how all the different countries are gonna approach it and what it'll be like. Um hmm. sounds great and then uh, you know that George Washington cartoon Brad Neely
1: yeah vaguely
3: yeah (laughs) I remember watching that a lot in high school
4: that's great interesting I love these these influences yeah we haven't had a guest who has has come from from, from this area of uh, Mm -hmm. inspiration I love it
0: yeah they're always (laughs) like I watch kids in the hall in the state
4: (laughs) I watch SNL I'm a jerk that's most of our guests yeah Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, I like SNL, um, but I really didn't start watching it regularly until I started doing sketch comedy, which wasn't my goal coming in. I just wanted to do improv and get over a breakup. And when I was in there, it was like, oh, the sketch, that thing looks like it's a better fit for the kind of stuff, the kind of talents that I have. So I accidentally stumbled in and here we are
1: well why don't we get to the show but uh let's first let's take it back to may 1st 1990 <laughs> pretty woman still top of the charts movie charts top of the u.s singles charts sinead o'connor nothing
4: compares to you a class back in again in that year When it was popular, a classic. Nick, you you, you've done this again where you say Pretty Woman and you play the song, and I'm I'm all discombobulated. I'm thinking this is from Pretty Woman. You're gonna play the song from Pretty Woman, but I'm with you. Don't I'm 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 with separate
1: thoughts. I should have done that. I should have played Pretty Woman (laughs) or a song from the movie Pretty Woman. That's okay. But uh, yeah, actually, all three of all three of our charts are exactly the same as they were last week. Pretty Woman, (laughs) number one of the movie charts. Nothing compares to you, number one in the U.S., and I wish it would rain down by Phil Collins. Still number one in Canada.
4: This is basically Phil uh, like 50% Phil Collins pod, 50% Kids in the Hall <laughs> pod because of how often it comes up. <laughs> Aaron, any connection to Phil Collins at all?
3: Really loved the Tarzan soundtrack.
4: Yes, many oh. people
3: bring that up. Yes,
4: I, God, I, I feel like I only know that because so many people reference it on this show. But, God, I got to go back and watch <laughs> Tarzan just to rock out.
3: It is kind of like a secretly sexy movie. I don't know, Amay, if you can back me up on this. Which Tarzan? Yeah,
0: (laughs) the Um, animated Tarzan. I feel like I'm being stereotyped. The
4: Disney Tarzan (laughs) that you get off on, Amay. Come on.
3: (laughs) I mean, if you mean the one I masturbate to, yeah. Yes, that's that's the one. (laughs)
0: Uh,
3: I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, do you remember the Shonda Rhimes show scandal?
0: Of course. Yes.
3: Yeah, the sexy president was also the voice of Tarzan.
0: Oh, wow.
3: Okay. Oh, wow. Look
0: at that. So he... I think
3: that is why I consider it a sexy movie.
0: Well, he is very right. beautiful, as I recall. He has, like, very full lips. But I don't think I actually have watched all of that movie all the way through. I think I've just seen the, like, weird erotic scenes with him and Jane or something. There are weird erotic <laughs>
1: we're talking about the animated <laughs>
0: movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i, I mean think i about think george that, of the jungle which is another erotic movie about like a hot and guy. another
3: comedic influence on me
0: george of the jungle or <laughs> brendan fraser
3: <laughs> genuinely george of the jungle is one of my early comedic influences very funny movie
1: well Speaking of funny, I thought this sketch was funny. (laughs) It was the opening sketch. It's called "Love Me" and was watched a little bit of it, a little bit of the end.
4: Come on, honey, a cow died for this (laughs) steak.
1: Love me, love
4: me, love me. (laughs) (laughs) Gee. I wonder what he wanted.
0: <laughs> um, I just want to say that this made me laugh more the second time than <laughs> <laughs> the
4: Hey, I'm, uh, I'm with you. I don't know why. Um,
1: I, know. I liked it the whole time. I also I liked it at the beginning when he was talking about his, uh, what, did he, what was he calling? It? A super departure garnish departure he was going
0: to make? The super garnish, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh,
4: yeah. I love that line where he goes, Are you smelling this here? Well, get, get away from the onions then
0: i was like i bet jared will like that
4: <laughs> <laughs> i love when we know each other
0: yeah.
4: um yeah though i don't you know to be honest i i wasn't a fan of the punchline I, I i feel like i don't know the setup the setup was almost funnier to me in a way I, I I just felt like there was What was the Was it a totally random reason that he showed up I mean wh- is, there, is there supposed to be a connection there Am I supposed to know who this guy is In the leather jacket McCullough No that... and I
0: think for me that also What wasn't working about it Is I kind of wanted that guy to have more context
1: <laughs> That's what I mean uh, yeah. I I guess in my head he was this guy's son But yeah they didn't identify but him But then as he goes so that, what, what, oh. what did
0: he want Or You know he kind of acts like he doesn't know who that person is right
1: Uh, I just, just, I took it as, I wonder why that,
4: him shouting love me, right?
1: Well, no, I I took it as like him just, (laughs) I took took it as just like him being a father that just doesn't understand how to give love Hmm. uh, and doesn't understand that his role is to, to, yeah. Go ahead, Aaron.
3: I felt the same way. I'm just backing you up here. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. You both
4: just uh, just kind of inferred they were father and son or we, uh, are there any other? Yeah, I mean, it's,
1: it's. It's a boy showing up in a I mean I take him to be a boy because he's, you know, wearing he's dressed like a teenager the in a classic boy outfit.
4: <laughs> yeah. the classic well, leather
2: you
0: know.
4: jacket. Classic <laughs> little boy outfit. <laughs> he didn't talk or up or in, act in, like a little boy.
1: But then he's showing up in I, I think he acts like a teenager and he's showing up in uh, in this guy's backyard. Like I, I just figured like I who guess. else would he be? Yeah. And he's and he's asking yeah. for love. You know, No, I, figured, I know. Like, well, that's what confused me. I,
4: I, I mean, obviously, yeah.
0: Yeah, I felt like they could have been sense. lovers, too. I don't know. I had no that's idea true. who he was. I did laugh that's when true. he came in in the coat for some reason. There's just something about the fringe. It's such a silly <laughs> choice. <laughs> yeah,
3: I'd say actually the fringe is what, if he's not a son, the fringe is the biggest indicator. I feel like uh, cool <laughs> teens don't wear fringe jackets.
1: Maybe they did in the 80s, though. I don't know. Or then, or, or 1990. I guess this wasn't the 80s, but yeah, I don't know. I took it to be his son. I, to me, I, I guess also it's just because I know Bruce McCullough characters are often about angry young teenagers uh, wanting love. So maybe that's why. You think in all that setup,
4: that. they could have mentioned given one sure, clue yeah. that they had a kid, or you know, <laughs> that was or he could have the... he could have
1: he could have just turned to Bruce and said, what, "What's going on, son?"
4: That would have maybe right, right, more. right. Yeah, that that probably would have been a good clue as to who they he was. They felt like they were that. deliberately
0: trying to be ambiguous, you know, like just a really weird yeah moment in time. Yeah,
1: yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess maybe there was a certain amount of deliberate ambiguity. Hmm. I didn't even question it though. Uh, Aaron, what do you think of these opening credits, though? Huh? Pretty cool, right?
0: <laughs> Don't let yeah. him lead you. Make your own decision.
3: <laughs> I mean. It's kind of like uh, if MTV did the Trailer Park Boys intro. Oh, wow!
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I don't I like know that. if that's a roast or a compliment.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so threading the needle, somewhere yeah. in between.
3: I mean, I gotta be honest. I don't feel very strongly about the credits one way or the other. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
4: Good. You now Good you're nasty. in our camp. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, right. Because it Nick <laughs> Nick's way into. God bless you, Amay. Thank you. Um, are you
1: are you okay, Aimee?
0: i have a bit of an allergy i'm staying at a friend's house and there's a lot of dust here um, where are
4: you today Amae? are you still in detroit yeah where no. in the world is a may lutkin that should be a new segment <laughs> on our show
0: <laughs> i'm in red hook right now red oh hook, you're Brooklyn. back in the city yes oh.
3: in many ways harder to reach than detroit
0: in some ways yes, you can only <laughs> take the bus here so it's, it's hard
1: oh wow are you by the ikea
3: um,
0: I'm within walking distance of the IKEA.
1: Yes. Whoa. Yeah. Jared and I went to the IKEA together once.
0: What? That's and you right. didn't invite me? I feel so betrayed. <laughs> well,
4: yeah. It was a date. I mean, okay. it, it was it was a date. Um,
1: and it, it was actually for a podcast. Yeah, it was for a podcast. The only reason I, I was Jared saying, made... should I
4: admit it was for a podcast or is that just <laughs> too embarrassing to do it on a podcast? <laughs> admit you were recording a different podcast. Um,
1: well. Yeah. Should we move on to this next scene uh, it's called Stinky Pink? Yeah. Not a very odd name for it, but let's watch a little clip from it. Sure.
3: Anyway, the, the first change uh, that you may notice is that mommy's uh, decided to change her hair color. That's what this is all about, yeah. okay? And mommy wanted you to know that it's the same mommy, only with a different hair color, okay?
4: Mommy's changing her hair color? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's okay, I guess.
3: Okay, good. That's good. Mm. And, um,. Oh, secondly after today your father won't be living with us anymore
4: daddy's leaving us yes
3: your father's leaving us
4: is it because you changed your hair color <laughs> oh god I need to-
1: um yeah i had trouble picking out a clip from that one this one because it is it's a uh, weird one
4: um,
1: it's totally it's meandering more of a talky i felt sketch.
0: like you know it was almost the expanded universe of that couple that fights nasty all the time you know
1: yes. well it is i mean this is the same oh, character this is fran yeah. yeah, they her name is Fran in, in all this in all these scenes. Uh Aaron, so did you were you aware of the fact it's kind of like what the kids and all were known for was that they were they played all the women characters and dressed up as women. Did you know that going into this into watching this episode?
3: I did. Um I don't have a strong take on it. <laughs> okay. I I will say This bothered me in this sketch. It bothers me in every sketch. It's just something that, as a sketch community, we haven't managed to solve. Uh, How do you have a young child? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's it's so eerie to watch an adult play young. Uh, But at the same time, leather jacket, throw
4: on the fringe leather jacket. You know they got to (laughs) be under ten at least if they do that.
0: So you found Kevin's performance here as a child disturbing. I all did.
1: Right. Did you say? I thought you said. Wait. Did you say precious earlier?
3: Oh, if you get a real child actor.
1: Oh, okay. That's actor. Super it's precious. It's
3: very. It's very like precocious, cutesy. And then if you have an adult do it, it's just strange. So I don't mm. know if there's a solution we, as a community, have come up with for this.
4: <laughs> it's true. I feel like you kind of select the most boyish looking or youngest sounding or because I would say between all of them. You know, him and Foley, maybe. McDonald and Foley would probably be the two go-tos you'd pick to play someone younger uh, in the room. And uh, yeah, it's really all wardrobe, I feel. Like, they always go with, like, a rock and roll t-shirt or something, and that's, like, teenager, <laughs> child. <laughs> I, they I, they pretty much talk the same way. Um, but I agree. I, I feel like just looking at it, just even this frame that we're looking at now, the idea that He's a young boy, and their older women is hard to come to terms with. Uh, but he does an okay job, I, I think.
1: I wrote down no attempt at all to make Kevin McDonald look young. Oh, interesting. Sounds,
4: what does his shirt say? Like, is it something, or is uh, it nothing? It's I, I,
1: cave, cave something, super caveman or something like that, super mm. cavemore.
0: Well, I think his hair is very youthful. I don't know. I mean, usually Bruce McCullough I, is the one I who we note as the teen or kid.
1: Yeah, so Bruce plays a lot of teenagers. I, this kid's supposed to be even younger than a teenager, I think, right? Like yeah. 10 or something from the way he's acting.
4: Should have at least given him a ball cap or something. I think I, I agree with you, Aaron. It's a, that yeah, Every frame that we look at is he looks like more and more an adult. <laughs> His,
1: like, gaunt face and <laughs> that weird hair. Yeah, a, a ball cap would have helped a lot. I <laughs> yeah. would have really done some work there. Um, I. Uh,
4: I agree with this. Like, like, yeah, go ahead.
3: I just said it's an unsolvable problem. There's nothing they could have done to improve this.
1: Mm Yeah, I mean, maybe shooting it like Hobbit style with forced (laughs) perspective.
3: What does that mean?
1: (laughs) (laughs) With forced perspective to make it look like so, you you would have Mm -hmm. Kevin McDonald stand like 20 feet behind these two, but act like he's right in front of right right there with them. What if
4: and they did like a full like a house? And
0: sex act if hobby. they had a full
4: house and they and they had two two of each, would that help?
1: A full ha- what? <laughs> oh, I see. Wait, you know, like talking. the show
4: Full House, and they have the and Ashley Olson, yeah, and they yeah. used two. Um. Well, that, no. they didn't.
1: Yeah, no, Jared, I they know. didn't use. Yeah. Okay. I, I, know, I okay. I, I just want um, <laughs> to talk
0: more about this sketch itself, yes, and yes, just yes, say, yes. Um, you know, I think that. It, much like the couple sketches that are attached to this world, it was almost like a scene out of a play that had no jokes and just kind of like meandered. And the like essential issue that the son has with the mom, her pink hair. So she like reveals, she takes off this, this head covering and she has pink hair. And it's like not even that crazy, but they kind of treat it like it's insane. (laughs) And maybe it's just contextually in the time. It was much weirder idea. But now I was kind of like, whatever, it'll grow out, she can die over it. You know, it was just like, there's nothing <laughs> happening in this sketch that makes sense to me. It's funny, you was sur-
1: I was surprised that she that she liked the pink hair. When she revealed it, I thought I was going to be like, oh, my hair is pink.
4: Yeah, oh, No. I agree. That's kind of incongruous where it's like, she likes it. <laughs> that kind of doesn't make any sense if society at that time is supposed what? to be so down on it. I don't know. But maybe thought- she's
1: like, maybe she's like trying to become a new person. And, and part of that is, you know, having this uh, wild hair and like, uh, finding a new right. set of people to be, to, to, to integrate with. But I, I also was going to say, uh, you said it make no sense to me, but I remember when my dad shaved his mustache, it like freaked the shit out of all of us. We were like, <laughs> what the fuck? It just, it scared us to see my dad with a with no mustache. And I think like, yeah, if I were 10 years old, my mom showed up with that bright pink hair, I would just, it would, it would, you know, I'd go crazy. I wouldn't know what to think. She wouldn't mm-hmm. feel like my mom anymore.
0: Well, I think you also relate to the other couple sketches often. And in this, I just feel like the son's <laughs> being really mean to his mom.
1: Well, yeah, but, I mean, he's a 10-year-old son that just found out his parents are getting divorced. True. I think you can give him some slack.
3: Mm. So well, yeah, if, I may, if I may use my UCB training here, yes. what this feels like is that the game of the scene mm. is that the kid is way more upset about his mom's pink hair than he is about his parents' divorce.
4: Right, but if he that's has, the game, doesn't, it, doesn't that come way too late? Doesn't the pink hair come way too late then?
3: That is the note that I would give it. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: I would. I would say that there is is isn't really a game in that sense, and I, I don't think it's. I mean, I think it's like if if that's the game, and it's more that he's uh, he is focusing on the hair because the other part is too scary to think about.
4: Mm. What do you think about this? <laughs> uh, what if the game is? Um, like softening the blow with a worse reveal, like if the game is they're setting up this idea that, oh, like how are we gonna tell them about the divorce? I know I'll do something also upsetting, and like because that kind of feels like that's the engine that's driving everything to me, is that? They, that's a funny
1: idea, but I I, I I don't think that's what they're going for. I think they're going for like more what Amay was saying, just like a, a scene from a play almost, just uh, people, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Reacting to a situation.
4: I liked, uh, I liked a lot of, li- I mean, I liked the I survived Cave World shirt on the, uh, and on the McDonald, uh, sort of pseudo child character. Um, I think Thompson had a line that said, your youngest is so young. And I- that really made me laugh. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I guess that's all I got. Um, there was a hard slap, um, couple of hard slaps in this sketch right
0: mm-hmm.
4: yeah that i thought were yeah not necessary <laughs> kind of took the tone into an interesting direction but maybe yeah I'm it just...
0: got uglier and uglier It's, it's yeah. <laughs> these like one act plays about ugly family dynamics it I did, did not think seem this... like a
4: relationship where that would happen and then it did and it was that's why it was jarring to me at least i
0: mm-hmm. did
1: think this line was funny right here
4: do you like it
0: there's so much evil in the world. <laughs> yeah, I down yeah, too, Nick. That I thought it good. was funny, but I was also too. like, <laughs> but then he like kind of gets less funny afterwards, almost immediately. <laughs> Aaron, this is like the second sketch in the episode, and it's quite long and
1: and not really funny
0: and not really funny. So I was wondering what you were thinking at this
3: moment right. after watching it. Oh no, I was a little nervous. <laughs> Because remember, there's also my second hits in the Hall sketch of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm i pleased to say that it went more places after this.
0: Okay, great. So then we should move on to the next thing. Okay, let,
1: <laughs> let's move on to Premise Beach. i have two... to say
4: there were other sketches in the show.
0: <laughs>
1: so they do Premise Beach twice. Uh, let's watch a little bit of the second time, time they do it later in the episode.
0: <laughs> Without our heads
4: being torn to shreds by happy children
1: So, yeah, it seemed like these two premise beach things Were just ways to to do half-written sketches, I guess
0: Yeah, right? it feels like these are all premises they actually shouted out In the writer's <laughs> room
1: <laughs> How do you feel about this kind of meta stuff, Aaron? Did you did you like these? You, do you like meta comedy in general? I, mean, I know you mentioned earlier that the, the foundation is getting away from it
3: I often find I mean I'd say almost every sketch in this episode Was sort of meta in its own way But I am not a huge fan of meta Yet I found Premise Beach delightful
2: <laughs> I don't know if I
3: can back up my reasoning there It just made me smile
1: Yeah well it's so it's, it's Dave Foley and Kevin McDonald dancing uh, On a fake beach In in uh, neon swimsuits in, With uh, The house band Shadowy Men on a Shadow Planet playing, playing surf music behind them uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. What did we think did about
4: think my... the, the, yeah, well, go ahead. And I, I was, I was wondering what we all thought about the sketches themselves too.
1: Okay. Well, I was going to say, I, I like the, uh, I like the, I like, did like the sketches. I thought they were fun ideas, especially the Christmas present heads. And I like that it's, we were watching this mere days before Christmas itself.
4: Ugh. Mm. how yeah, fitting, right. It's, it's incredibly fitting.
0: I do think this whole episode is almost like, um, all the things that Kids in the Hall has done over and over again like they're always being so referential to the act of sketch writing and this one in particular is so extreme because I do wonder if the average like sketch viewer knows what the premise means like they're probably not thinking the word premise while they're watching a sketch or like describing (laughs) the premise of a sketch you know so it's like a very almost niche way to refer to what's happening. Um yeah
1: I I I'm going back to I I remember watching this when I was a kid when I was like probably 10 years old maybe 12 years old and uh I do remember thinking it was really cool mm-hmm. to think of the idea of uh of uh a premise of a sketch and uh, of them like uh, kind of bringing us into that world Oh
0: wow but, that's how they got you they hooked you
1: <laughs> I'm probably yeah like all the yeah self-referential stuff I think is what made me such a big fan when I was when I was younger I don't know if it would work for me today if, if I were
0: watching yeah. this for no, the first I mean they time. turned you into a sketch writer because of all the <laughs> <stuff>. yeah <laughs> well,
4: and I think it's hard as a writer or any actor director whatever to judge the meta stuff you know because like you just said I feel like it's the people who are not in it and not thinking about premise are like ooh, oh interesting what's this and I think, Aaron, as you're alluding to, like when you're writing it and you're trying hard and it's work, you're like, I don't, this isn't funny to me. <laughs> this sucks. Like, I talk about this anyway every day, trying to figure it out. Why do I want to watch it? Um and uh, this I putting words in I your mouth?
0: Oh, sorry, go ahead, Aaron.
3: Oh, I just, I think what I liked about it is that in the little sketches that come after the premise, nothing really happens. And yeah. it, just, it, it feels kind of childlike. Just like, what <laughs> if? Well, now we know.
4: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I like that aspect. I kind of like presents so much, I feel like I want that to be a full... Sky. I want to see the rest of that. Sky. I want to see them... Yes, May. come on now. Let's give it a chance, it right? Could be, yeah, I think it should be... Open the presents a... up, there in pain. Like I feel like there's so many obvious beats to that. You just think it's I think so it should be a... and stupid. It should
1: be a Pixar movie.
4: Like, you could write a whole <laughs> yeah, two-hour exactly. screenplay. Yeah, gift tags. <laughs> That's a perfect title.
0: Well, I liked I when they you know i think they go even more meta somehow with this premise beach stuff and they make it into one of their famous turn to camera and say hi i'm comedian blah 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 oh but yeah what well, should we talk about should
1: we talk i guess we can yeah, go on from this one. We'll we'll come back to. Part, a are we considering of
4: that part of premise speech? The restaurant. I, I think so. So
1: they they oh, come okay. into pre- They come into the shitty s- soup sketch from the second premise speech. They say, "What if there was a a restaurant with a crazy uh, idea or something like that?" Mm. Uh, let me play a little bit of the opening of the Shitty Soup.
4: What do you eat when you come here? Well, I tell you, if you're gonna eat here, you've got to try the Shitty Soup. <laughs> shitty Soup. Oh yeah, everyone who comes here has the shitty soup. Doesn't sound that great. Oh, it's not. It's awful. That's why they call it shitty.
1: <laughs> what? Do you, yeah, I like this premise too. Uh, and this one, they do play out for a full, kind of a full sketch.
0: Well, it changes. half. finally, like the waiter comes out, and it's played by Scott Thompson, and it just kind of gets away from the premise itself and becomes about this waiter, and it made me laugh a lot because they kind of refer to Scott talking too much yes. during his waiter appearance. and then Well, they like, say,
1: yeah. yeah. Let, let's uh, watch. Let's, let me see if I can find what they say here.
4: What an awful waiter. What an awful actor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he really padded his part. I mean, in rehearsal, he had two lines. I know. He, he's just supposed to recommend the duck. And why is he playing it so gay? I don't know, but I'll tell you one thing. He'll pay for it in his tip. For right. <laughs>
0: Wait, then you have to let do play the part where Scott Thompson walks. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, uh, it's like right immediately after that. We don't have to watch the soup it. Tree. Right, wait, wait. There it is. There it
2: is.
3: <laughs> Here's a little caboose of soup for you, and a little engine of soup for you. Great,
4: thanks. Okay, super. Right. So enjoy the soup. Yeah, okay,
0: okay thank you. over there? Yeah. Yeah, all right. I and he's basically like doing Buddy Cole of- right there. Yeah, I guess. I think he's just being himself a little bit, but, like, exaggerating it. Um, I really love this in improv, too, when, like, suddenly, like, a yes. more fun thing is found, and you just decide to play that, and I think, mm. like, the gay waiter overdoing his part in the scene is very funny to me. Uh, classic.
1: Stuff. Yeah, it was kind of, it seemed like a, it, it reminded me of an improv scene where it's two people doing a, like, actually doing a premise, and, you know, uh, at least going going through with it, going through the motions, and then but they maybe they're not as set, they're not great performers, and then all of a sudden, somebody who actually is a great performer does a walk on and clearly overshadows the two people that maybe shouldn't be performing. Not that I think that Dave Foley and Kevin McDonald are bad yeah. performers, but that's just the way that's the scene funny. played I, out.
4: I agree with everything you guys are saying, and I like the scene, I just felt like. They could have basically pulled it off without the like, and yeah, he's a terrible actor. Like, I don't know. I just that that feels like I don't mind meta sometimes, but that just felt so like they sold out the premise a little me. bit. Yeah, just like you could do that in any scene, right? Like, oh, <laughs> like, I couldn't
3: disagree more. I yeah. thought that was delightful, Please. and it un- it unrolled in such a surprising way. Very the way that they just moved seamlessly tonally in and out of. Talking about his weakness as an actor, and then treating him as a waiter, and then getting him to come out and like say something personal, and that's what works. That's when meta works for me. What it actually has a point, and mm. I felt like this is uh, him asking a genuine question that he thought about: Why do I play waiters so gay? Uh, well,
1: let's hear. Let's hear him talk about that right here. I get that queued up.
3: As a gay entertainer. I feel a special responsibility to my
4: brothers to portray them in an accurate and dignified manner. <laughs> Yet, yeah, I don't know, whenever I play the part of a waiter and I walk out on stage and those lights hit me, I immediately begin to lisp. <laughs> it's not my fault, it's a chemical reaction, really.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with Aaron, I'm team Aaron on this one, Jared, sorry buddy.
4: Hey, it's okay, man. I mean, look, you can't always be Team Jared, and this time you're not. It's cool. We'll see what happens in the next sketch. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I, I, I hear, I, I hear everything you're saying. I, I there's just something about the, ent- I didn't, I didn't find the entering and the exiting of the meta as, as smooth. I guess, but uh, I think what they, what they got to was was super fun. Hmm.
0: Well, let's it's back up a little bit. Very sketch. It just went from one oh, right. thing to another to another. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tons I did. And I liked... In this,
4: in this episode.
1: I liked how, yeah, I think Aaron kind of said this already, but when when, he, when they're describing Scott, it's like, oh, he's such a bad actor. This is really going to hurt his tip. I thought that was really funny. When they yeah. Said,
4: yeah. <laughs> I like the McDonald kind of scream spitting out the soup, but that he did a very funny, exaggerated... Um, reaction to eating oh. the
0: shitty soup <laughs> we're looking at a pug yeah. now
1: well, let's watch yeah, the stop. beginning of this of uh, this crouton sketch
4: the
0: biggest crouton
4: I ever saw <laughs> was this big it took three guys to lift so if you and your friend wanted to lift up this crouton you'd still need another guy that's how big the crouton was <laughs> The guy who owned it kept it in a shed wrapped in velvet. <laughs> and if you wanted to see it, he'd take you there, but it cost you $15 cash down. And he had to be
0: drunk. <laughs> drunk, so you wouldn't know where he kept the crouton.
1: Something about this sketch just delighted me. Maybe it's the little kid's reaction. He's talking to three little kids. Uh, real ones. Yeah, real three ones. real kids. <laughs> and it's just such a nonsense story. I don't know it kind of reminds me of like something out of winnie the pooh or something but i loved it what did you guys think
4: yeah i i kind of liked it too it, it reminded me of the uh the sketch at the barbershop that they had uh i guess you know a handful of episodes ago um just kind of delighting in these like old like farmer raconteur type of like characters and you know mccullough i really love his monologues and I thought it was very funny. I thought it was great to have the kids there. I thought uh, Blackout Line was really funny, any of you kids married, I laughed a lot at that. (laughs) I just thought it was good all around. It was probably my, well, I don't want to spoil what my favorite sketch was, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, yeah, I liked it. What about you guys?
3: Uh, I found it serviceable, but kind of forgettable.
0: Okay. I agree. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs>
0: I do like at the end when he's like any of you kids married <laughs> it's like yeah. a throwaway line
1: there's so In many throwaway way, like lines I love though the first
0: line of the sketch itself I almost thought it was going to be cut off because it's kind of like a non sequitur I didn't need to hear the story I just wanted to be like and that's the biggest crouton <laughs> I ever saw and <laughs> it just is about something else entirely
1: <laughs> uh, there were so many like, throwaway lines though, that I loved like, uh, they called yeah. them whatever name they called this guy it was one of those names folks he folks hoped he'd grow into
4: D- Daryl, uh, i think it was <laughs>
1: it was like big something and then uh and then uh or old something maybe old Daryl or something like that and then he said he married a woman named hazel a name no one ever grows into which i don't know why <laughs> no one ever grows into hazel uh then that when the yeah that one when, I like when that. the kids uh <laughs> cut up the, the the crouton they do it to just to garnish their selfish salads i thought that was funny and then he says uh, after the crouton goes away, he heard male crying, the rarest kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he had uh, – so there was one me. where
4: he said I, he pointed to a hole that he intended to build a door into as soon as he got some tools. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like – it was almost like a uh, – just this it's like, like piecing a kid to together me like of like throwaway lines or something. Yeah, but yeah. It was, it's like it's, it's certainly no real game in, in this. Um, but I don't know. No. I appreciate it. It kind of lived and died with how much you liked each of these throwaway jokes. So I, I kinda, it kind of makes sense that this was a 50-50 split for us because it's like, all right, you like these weirdo, dumb, non-jokes that you don't.
1: Well, let's watch a little bit of the next sketch, Olympics.
4: No. No. Oh, my God, ladies and gentlemen, there's more terrible news. The American basketball team and the equestrian team who always got along so famously have have all died in a warehouse fire what all those horses and athletes were doing in a warehouse will be a mystery for years to come this day will live in infamy this is a day that america will never forget
0: what's more what (coughs) ladies and
4: gentlemen it's my sad duty to inform you that all the remaining athletes on the american team have been taken hostage by a terrorist group who support well, nothing in particular, but are jealous of the attention that the Olympics have been getting. Yeah, to me, this one was
1: serviceable but forgettable. To steal a phrase, mm. uh, it was so. It's half. It's like filmed. It's filmed with Kevin McDonald doing a pole vault, while this announcer or attempting to start a pole vaulting while this announcer describes how every other American Olympian has been killed. Uh, yeah. What, what would you guys see?
4: say the game is tra- tragedy olympics tragedy delayed olympics something along those lines um yeah i i thought it was okay pretty straightforward um i kind of saw the end coming i thought the shot put was a funny choice but it was kind of obvious to me that the <laughs> both would go wrong somehow and i kind of uh but i thought foley was probably my favorite part of the sketch i thought he did a really funny job silently of telling the story each time
1: Aaron, you so you've been shoot, shooting some sketches with the foundation. How, what's that been like? Has it been stressful and terrible to shoot stuff out in the field?
3: It was very difficult because I think most of the video shooting we did was during COVID when many of us were not even in New York. Uh, so it was a lot of piecing together. Uh, and this is a sketch we might have shot in COVID. You've got one guy in the... Right. Uh, one guy in the booth and then two guys safely outside where they're unlikely to transmit the virus uh, I'm just curious why these Canadian guys made this about the American Olympic team I think they
1: felt that? I think they must have felt like we've got the Canadian audience we don't have to worry about those guys they'll they'll watch anything that's made by Canadians but we're tr- we're on HBO also we're trying to get the USA audience and if this were about the Canadian Olympic team I think probably a lot of people would change a channel because they didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> That's my take. It seems like they said a lot of stuff in America when they can, just to just to like uh, recruit that American audience.
0: It's true. The Canadians are willing to take what we give them, but we don't reciprocate like we should. <laughs> um, I do think that it's funny to watch the silent parts. For me, I think. The quiet story unraveling down there is what worked best for me but it didn't really make me laugh very much
3: I mean just re-watching that small little clip I don't know who the guy in the suit is but when yeah. he runs up and he's out of breath because he's been <laughs> running back and forth to make these announcements that made me laugh and I didn't notice it the first time
1: that's Dave Foley who Jared was praising earlier So, mm-hmm. oh, sounds like great. you guys are on the same page okay yeah. sounds like one it. last sketch to talk about she's gone
4: have a kiss.
2: Uh, I, I've got to go. What? Miriam? What?
4: I remember thinking, well, fuck you. <laughs> but then I thought, wait, this is a decisive moment in our love. It can either go forward or backward from here.
1: So this woman breaks up with Mark McKinney's, McKinney's character because he has a fly... On his face that he refuses to swat away.
0: Jared- I, um, I I wrote it. down a premise for this. Oh great!
1: I was about to ask Jared for a premise.
0: Oh okay. Well, let's hear Jared then. No, no, no. no, I, no.
1: I would much rather hear yours than me. I just didn't yeah, think you would have done one.
0: <laughs> Mine was manic pixie dream fly. Good? Okay. Ooh, okay. 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 <laughs> very good. That's very good. Because uh, I feel like they Okay. Go ahead. Let me let me see her ears.
4: I, 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 mine was basically trying to say the same thing, but in a less fun way. I, I I think I just had, uh, like fly on face denial, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is what it seemed to be to me. Maybe that's too simple, or I, there, I have to work in the relationship part of it or something. But I, I was kind of disappointed this turned into fly on the face because I, I thought the beginning was really funny. Like the Rubik's Cube solving and her, like, handing it to him after she solved it. And like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I, the beginning, the setup, again similar to the start of the show. I kind of enjoyed the setup more than I enjoyed seeing this play out. I thought it was pretty mediocre. The whole fly in the face idea.
3: I thought it was very funny. I felt like it's not that he didn't notice it; it was that, or that he did. He wouldn't swat it away. It's that she couldn't bear to tell him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. I, this was my favorite sketch of the night. Uh, Aaron, please ooh.
1: don't reveal that yet. We have a segment. I should have told you. <laughs> oh, no.
3: <laughs> we can, can, edit, it this we can edit it out. We can edit out. Oh, my goodness. We could try.
4: We could try, I guess. I don't know. I don't um. have will be able to edit it out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I'm spoiling segments, uh, but I got to say, uh, I love the emotional undertones of the sketch. It's just real melodrama the casting of an actual woman uh, it her outfit was great too like uh
1: <laughs> very 80s
0: yeah she had a very 80s haircut
1: <laughs> i wrote down and maybe it's maybe part of it is just because she looked so 80s but I, it's and and the voiceover it kind of reminded me of like a woody allen kind of thing i don't know if they were going for that i know they've referenced Woody Allen several times already in the episodes we've watched, so they seem to be fans.
0: It definitely seems like they're kind of making fun of the trope of the perfect woman a little bit in the beginning, but maybe not. Maybe maybe they're not making fun. They're being sincere and trying to paint a picture of the perfect woman. I can't tell.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think they're kind of trying to just set up this end where he's like, he's just such an asshole because she's so great. And it's like, I I mean, because I do, I do like the The end kind of themes of, like, you know, that whole thing where he brings up, uh, like, she's scared of me sexually and all that. Like, (laughs) I I did enjoy that kind of take on the male ego of, like, well, of course, like, I guess I must just be too attractive or whatever the fuck. You know, like, I I liked the end end, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, and the more I talk about this, the more I like it.
1: I like this opening line a lot, too. I just want to play this real quick.
4: This one doesn't have any apples, either. (laughs) You know, you're so...
1: uh yeah, I just like that. <laughs> he walks up to a painting <laughs> and says, "Wow, this one doesn't have any apples." Either. I do.
2: Like
3: Why it. did uh, you like it, Aaron? What was working for you? I mean, I I felt like it was just a little story, and it does feel very like those movies of like the '80s and '90s where it is like a modern man and a modern woman trying to connect with each other, but they just they don't get it they say the wrong thing no, and uh, felt like a
4: harry met sally kind of vibe yeah
3: yeah before when harry met sally came out
4: when did that come out well now that you
0: say that aaron i think you're right because i mean i think you're right but i it is also making me think that you know i'm watching this sketch and i'm like why won't she just say he has a fly on his face which i know is stupid because that's the whole point of the sketch but it is like a mirror of how con- contrived it often is in a rom-com when two people who are like clearly in love are kept apart by something completely inane. Yeah. This did yeah, come
1: out. Like, this did come out after when Harry met Sally, by the way. So maybe it was actually inspired yeah. by that. Um, yeah, and and at the end, uh, did you see like they, she had sent him letters about? So she did actually tell him in these letters, at least. <laughs> That he was refusing. Yeah, to read. she
4: drew like a picture of a fly or something, right? Like his face, or there was one funny like caricature on one of the. Uh, yeah, there it is. You have <laughs> a fly in your face. But right that also here.
3: felt very like that thing. It's like in the moment, she couldn't figure out how to tell him. Mm-hmm. She tried to fix it. She tried to send him letters and just nothing worked. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, let's move on to this segment that I was teasing earlier, which is called Sketch of the App. And Jared, do Woo! you like. Singing this little here. song? Do you like singing your little song about Sketch of the app?
4: Uh Do I like it? I don't know. Um, not really, but I'll do it if you want me to. You want me to? Yeah. yeah. All right. Sketch of the App, it's the Sketch of the App. Come on down, it's the Sketch of the App.
0: I don't know. There's something about that song that's hateful. I don't know what it is. But I feel like your, your heart is full of hate when you sing it. <laughs>
4: You can sense, uh, yeah, my energy while I'm singing. It is.
0: Yeah. God
3: damn it!
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: well, Aaron, <laughs> what, what was your good. favorite? I'm getting it across. What was your favorite sketch of the episode, Aaron?
3: My favorite sketch of the episode was "Fly on the Face." Wow! Such such drama, such stakes, such complete characters. It's just uh, everything about a video sketch that works for me. I uh, just the visual joke of them being in the same space for so long. It <laughs> tickled me.
1: We we always, yeah. early on in these episodes, we would always think of Mark McKinney as, what, a may Creepy and shitty. I and... think
0: <laughs> he has bad vibes. Yeah.
4: <laughs> he's, he's evolving a little bit before our very eyes, I feel. Mark, Mark McKinney say? was,
1: yeah, he, so he was the lead in the sketch, Aaron, Mark McKinney. Um, yeah. I, Thank I, you. I That didn't come... Yeah, I think well, he was kind of playing a shitty person in the sketch, but yeah, I don't know. No, I, but I, I, I thought I'm as opposed to, to
4: his his earlier performances, I I agree. He he feels I don't know whether it's the commitment or whether he's just I don't know. Reed's is more vulnerable, but he used to be have this very kind of like cold, like distant, like intensity you almost felt like he was like how you felt like when i just sang the song like you felt like oh man he must be angry behind the scenes or something i feel like that i don't know i i agree with you 100 percent. i'm starting to like mckinney way more
1: did you pick up any of that aaron or is it or were you just like oh yeah this guy's all right
3: um <laughs>
1: yeah this guy's i hard.
3: i, I... I feel like now that you're like this guy is kind of creepy. I'm like maybe I can see it, like a little bit like American Psycho vibes. Yeah, he uh, we did kind of American
1: Psycho vibes in, in, in this one. Yeah. In this scene, he was also but, the uh, he was also the one in the uh, in the in the Stinky Pink sketch. The she is the one that uh, slapped her child Kevin McDonald several times. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: So and that wasn't
0: got... in the script. Mark McKinney just did that. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> that was rehearsal footage that we watched. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Jared,
3: what Jeremy Strong vibes?
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, I can kind of see that. He'd be good on Succession. Jared, what, what are what are your uh, what's your sketch of the app?
4: Uh, you know what? It, it's a tough one, Nick, but I, I'm gonna have to go with Big Crouton. Um, oh. I, I I I liked it. Uh, I liked McCullough. I, all of those dumb jokes work for me. And normally, I don't like a kind of meandering, gameless sketch. Um, but compared to everything else, you know, I don't know. If, if, if I could give it to presence heads or whatever it was, gift heads, I don't think I can, no. <laughs> I don't think I can. we so could won't. give it to and Premise Beach. Okay. See, that's the thing. I didn't really like the device of Premise Beach uh, as much. Um, I, I like the sketches that Premise Beach resulted in much more than, than the idea of Premise Beach. Um, so okay. anyway, Crouton.
1: Uh, May, I have no idea what you're going to say your sketch of the ep is.
0: Mm. Can I guess? I think I just like the like. Yeah, sure, go ahead.
4: <laughs> I guess that you like shitty soup.
0: I was gonna say I like this the second half of shitty soup. I guess okay. I don't think that I'm. I'm very grossed out watching people eat. So watching them like put soup in their mouth and then spit it out <laughs> was like a no for me. But I really enjoyed everything with Scott Thompson a lot in that.
1: Okay. You know, I came into this record thinking crouton, Sketch of the Up, obviously. But the but as we as we watched the episode or we watched clips of the episode, I, I really do like the whole I'm gonna I would consider the whole shitty soup thing as a whole. Like uh the end of it from the end of Premise Beach into uh the end of Scott Thompson's monologue, uh right. that whole section of the episode, if that can be one sketch, that's my sketch of the up. So I guess mm-hmm. I'll give it to Shitty Soup, too. Hmm.
2: Hmm.
0: Well, now that we've done Sketch of the F, I am curious, Aaron, if watching this made you think anything new about comedy or brought up anything about sketch writing that you, you know, would like to share that isn't necessarily connected to going episode through episode. I mean, sketch to sketch.
3: Um, I feel like I kind of understand more where sketch comedy was at that stage. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. Is, there, is that a critique of, of Sketch Yeah, like good, or <laughs> yeah good or bad, yeah.
3: <laughs> it It's truly neutral. I'm just like, oh yeah, there's the the big picture of when a lot of my peers were coming of age. They probably watched this and this probably influenced them.
0: Does it make more like... like... An,
3: oh, that's interesting. Then a good or bad one way or the other.
0: So it makes sense of some of the stuff you've seen while on Rod Night that didn't make sense before.
3: Um, I feel like it more just gave me a clearer picture. Interesting. Like of your oh, friends. <laughs> you probably, uh, yeah. You know, of my friends, of my enemies, of the uh, many sketch writers I've worked with uh, over the years.
0: Was there, like, anything about it that you feel like you took away in a positive way? Mm-hmm.
3: I enjoyed it. Yeah. I think it is, like, of the comedy that's happening right now, it's, I think, the most closely related to, uh...
1: I think you should leave, maybe?
3: Oh, sh- yes, thank you. Uh, Couldn't come up with it. Yeah, and, uh, I think, uh, I think it's cool that they, uh, they took some big risks going as meta as they do, um...
4: goes ahead of their time, do you?
3: I. It does feel ahead of its time, and it's so surprising to see Lauren Michaels' uh, name at the front of it, because it's so, so, so different from what we're used to seeing from SNL. Yeah. I'm kind of like, what happened there? (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Well, he he initially hired a couple of them to be writers for SNL, and they didn't work out, and then he thought, I guess I should just make a sketch show with the whole team. They seem to have their own thing going on. I think at the time, yeah. Lorne Michaels was more, like, uh, experimental and willing to try new things. I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe he still is, like, Please Don't Destroy are, are definitely doing their own thing on SNL today.
4: It feels like he wants to be whatever's cool, right? Or on the cutting edge or whatever's young and whatever's hip and whatever's new. And I feel like that's what Please Don't Destroy and Lonely Island and Kids in the Hall kind of all have in common and... Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's him or people who he hires who, I don't know, try to kind of keep them that zeitgeist. and But it feels like he's successful.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like, yeah, if, if Kids in the Hall, if things had worked out differently, I, f- I feel like maybe he would have brought on Kids in the Hall to, to do kind of their own sketches on SNL the same way that he brought on Lonely Island, Good Neighbor. Totally. They could Please be great destroy. digital
4: short people.
1: Maybe on, if they I'm had enjoying. like set the precedent earlier, they, they would have been more. Cool. They could have set the precedent that Lonely Island, I guess, did.
0: Interesting.
4: You All like right. that idea, May? Or
0: <laughs> yeah, I like uh, I like hearing about your fan theories.
3: And stuff, so. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think I'm gonna write some fan fiction about what if Kids in the Hall were on SNL.
3: I'm gonna look up. I'm sure there's Kids in the Hall fan fiction.
1: Oh, probably. Yeah.
0: yeah. If you get it, if you find any, forward it to me. I'll read some in our next pod. I mean, unless it's... you want to join and read it yourself. Scott Thompson has oh, ba-
1: basically written Kids in All Fan Fiction himself. Like he wrote a whole really? book. Well, he wrote a whole Buddy Cole novel about oh. Buddy Cole. Yeah.
0: Were there other characters from the show in it?
1: I don't know. I don't remember. I read it when I was like in high school.
0: Oh.
1: But yeah, we should read some Kids in All fan fiction on the show. Okay. That'd be great.
3: Let's
1: do it. Uh, okay, Aaron, thanks for watching the show with us. Um are you working on anything right now that we can watch or tell people to watch?
3: Oh, boy. Uh, no, all of my, <laughs> everything, everything I'm working on is, like, uh, pilots, a movie. If they ever get done, you'll see them in five to ten years. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, I'll let you know next time the Foundation has a show and uh, give out some comps.
1: Okay, cool. And, uh,
3: Hey guys,
0: if you're listening to this, write in. Our our email account is
1: KidsInThePod at gmail.com. And okay, you can also cool. get to us on Twitter and Instagram at KidsInThePod. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and rate and review us on iTunes too.
0: Oh, we never said if that you before. Like it. If you like yeah. it. If you don't like it, please
3: give it to yourself. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we
1: should Thank say that at you. the beginning of the show.
0: Next All right, time. next time. Yeah. If they've that. made it
3: this far, they're having a good time. Come on! If you made it to the end, if you're listening to my voice, rate it five stars.
0: I don't know.
4: We've Even gotten. Neighbor. We've
1: gotten some. Do we get that clean? <laughs> Let's
4: just play that at the end of every episode.
0: <laughs> you made it this far. Rate us right, five stars.
2: Right, right. Who was that? Who was that? Yeah. <laughs> All
1: right. Until next time, keep crushing those heads.